0: the watch hello how do you do and welcome to the Matt watch that podcast I am your host Matt Sarosky, filmmaker, film fan. Each episode I'm gonna review a movie or TV pilot that I probably should have seen but never got around to. It could be a recent favorite, Critics' Choice, or Cult Classic. Everyone can join in on the fun. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've reviewed or suggestions as to what I should see next, use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. Before we start, I have a love-hate relationship with sports. I love watching it. I hate everything else. I'm a fan of sports, but I'm certainly not a sports fan. You know the ones. They're usually sitting at the bar. They're about 100 pounds overweight, thinking they could hit a Clayton Kershaw curveball. They scream at the TV when a player on their team strikes out. What were they looking at? It was right down the middle. I could have hit that. Bam! Out the park. Okay there, Vinny. How about you wipe the nacho cheese off your double D's? And every sports fan now has become an expert in analytics. They can't count without their fingers, but they know that This player has a 4.67 war, which puts him in the top 10 percentile of the National League among lefties with a limp. Remember those nerds you used to give swirlies to? The ones that can never grip the dodgeball correctly? Guess what? They've taken over our sports. My teams are the Knicks, Islanders, Mets, and Giants. I also watch Premier League soccer. Arsenal is my football club. I watch sports for entertainment, but once it's over, I'm done. My mood won't change if my team doesn't win, which is lucky because look who I root for. I'll watch as many games as I can, and entire games too. I've sat through many a blowouts. As I mentioned, I'm a Knicks fan. Although I must say, things are looking up this baseball season for the Mets. Lindor and Carrasco were good pickups, and the bullpen has been solidified. We finally have a solid catcher as well, but I'm predicting we'll be having the same perennial conversations around June 15th. The Mets will be at 500. the Bats will be colder than a winter in Canada, and Jacob DeGrom will be 1-4 with a .097 ERA. But sports don't consume my life. I'm not the type who wears a jersey in public. I try not to discuss it socially. Sports talk drives me crazy. Free agency, trades, stats, waivers, prospects. Prospects! Who's the big prospect? He's a top 10 prospect! I'm the... And most fans just repeat the crap they hear on ESPN Radio, pawning it off as their own thought. Did you see that kid in the minor leagues? He's going to be a big star one day. Big, big star. And can these sports shows stop taking callers? They contribute nothing. Uh, let's go to Barney in Des Moines. (coughs) Turn down your radio, Barney. You're on the air. (coughs) Hello? (coughs) Yes, Barney, you're on the air. Hey, hi. Let's go, Barney. I'm up against a heartbreak. Make it quick. Uh, hello? Oh, okay. First time caller, long time listener. Thanks for listening. The Giants need to upgrade the offensive line. What do you think? 100% agree. Thanks, Barney. Great call. We'll be right back. On to the main attraction. Each review will end with a ranking out of 5 stars. 1 star is Skip It, 2 stars Watch at Your Own Risk, 3 stars Standard Fair, 4 stars worth checking out, 5 stars Must See. Now if I give a title 5 stars, it doesn't mean I'm comparing it to Casablanca or Jaws or Seinfeld or any other film that you think is amazing. I rank titles based on other movies or TV series in that genre and at that time period. So let's jump into it. I'll keep the spoilers to a minimum, tangents to a maximum. These are my ruminations and observations of the movie Caddyshack from 1980, featuring an all-star cast with Chevy Chase, Rodney Dangerfield, Ted Knight, and Bill Murray, about the happenings at a hoity-toity Bushwood Country Club, and the battle between members of the Old Guard versus unconventional members and staff. The film was the feature directorial debut of Harold Ramis, who would go on to helm National Lampoon's vacation, Groundhog Day, and analyze this and that, he co-wrote the screenplay with Brian Doyle Murray and Douglas Kenny, though many of the lines were improvised by the cast. The film starts off with the Orion Pictures logo. That was probably the first constellation I ever learned when I was like five years old. If you could find those three stars in his belt, that leads to many other clusters, like Sirius and Bellatrix or any other Harry Potter constellation. The next title card is a John Peters production. If you don't know who John Peters is, he has a very interesting backstory. He started out as a hairdresser for Barbara Streisand and eventually worked his way up to become one of the most powerful executive producers in Hollywood. Kevin Smith tells a story about John Peters in one of his specials about how he was hired to write the script for Superman Lives, which would have starred Nicolas Cage. The screenplay is available online. That's an interesting read. I would have actually liked to seen it produced because it could have been a, a pretty kick-ass movie. But Kevin Smith had to go to John Peters' house and read the screenplay to him. And the way he tells the story is really funny. Unless John Peters wants to produce my next film, then it's blasphemous. Shame on you, Kevin Smith. Shame! So the next title card... (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I am not going through every single title. What a crap podcast this would be if I just spent 10 minutes going through every title card and that's it. No offense to anyone who does that, because there is a podcast for everything, and I'm sure there's an audience, but that's not this. So the movie starts out with a cute little gopher jamming out to I'm Alright by Kenny Loggins. I'm loving this already. I like when the theme song actually appears within the movie, and it's not over the credits. When I finally saw Titanic, which was like in 2010, I was waiting for the song. Yes, that song. And three hours later, it was over the credits. Now, James Horner did a great job of integrating the motifs into the score, but I expect to hear theme songs in the actual movie. I know a modern song would have seemed out of place in a period piece, but this was James Cameron, man. He could have figured it out. All right, you have Danny Noonan, played by Michael O'Keefe. He works at the club as a caddy. His goal is to win a caddy tournament so that he gets a scholarship. Michael O'Keefe is great in this role as a working class guy surrounded by a bunch of these upper class elitists. I was introduced to him through the series Roseanne. He played Fred, the on-again, off-again boyfriend of Aunt Jackie. I looked it up before, he was in like 35 or 36 episodes, but it felt like more because his character was really strong and influential in Jackie's life, so it, it seemed like he was in the series a lot more. Then you have Ted Knight who played Judge Smales. I'm not really sure what you can say about this character. He plays it so well. It's so on the borderline of being over the top and campy. But there's still a legitimacy to the character. He definitely has his flaws and his insecurities. And that makes those big moments when he's just completely lost it so funny and not too much. I think the irony about this movie is you have so many comedy heavyweights, including members of SNL, and the one character that's quoted the most is Judge Smells Ted Knight. That's quite a feat, and it just shows you what type of actor he was. I'm a huge fan of Rodney Dangerfield, not necessarily as an actor, although I do like Ladybugs. I wouldn't consider that a top sports movie, but it certainly was entertaining. The way that he can fire out one-liners... Bam, 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 bam. It's like a rapid-fire machine gun. His lines are so universally known that they've almost become like folklore, you know what I mean? I think my favorite line is when he looks at the judge's wife and says, You must have been something before electricity. That is a funny line. And it's clever, too. There is no fat in that joke. One of my favorite things to do, especially when I'm in a meh mood, is to watch clips of Rodney Dangerfield on Johnny Carson. Now, Johnny was a naturally funny guy, but when Rodney was on, he was electric, and there was something about seeing Johnny Carson laugh until he cries at Rodney's jokes that just makes you smile. I'm actually going to post a clip of one of his appearances on the Matt Watch That Playback playlist. Chevy Chase plays a member of the club and a golf guru. He's really good at throwing those dry, sarcastic lines out there, as well as doing a bit of slapstick. Give him a prop, and he can just make it funny. There's one scene where he's giving a massage to a lady friend, and I think it was completely improvised. That's what happens when you have a really talented comedic actor. You could just put on the camera, let them do their thing, and something funny is going to happen. Bill Murray plays the assistant groundskeeper who's been assigned to take care of the gopher, and he goes to some pretty extreme measures to do so. One of the highlights of the film was actually seeing Bill Murray and Chevy Chase in a scene together. I know that they had some previous issues when they were both on SNL, but it just goes to show when you have two professionals, they can set aside their differences in the name of creativity. The soundtrack to the movie is great. I already mentioned I'm Alright by Kenny Loggins. He really had a moment where he was Mr. Soundtrack. I mean, he did Footloose from, well, obviously Footloose, Meet Me Halfway from Over the Top, Danger Zone from Top Gun, Nobody's Fool from Caddyshack 2, but we'll skip over that. The soundtrack has some great non-Kenny Loggins songs on it, Any Way You Want It by Journey, Summertime Blues, Ed Cochran, Boogie Woogie Wonderland by Earth, Wind, and Fire, and the Gold Digger song, aka We're in the Money by Harry Warren. I'm not sure Caddyshack is much of a full movie as it is separate vignettes tied together by a loose plot. That's definitely not a criticism. Each storyline has its own merits. The main confrontation is a golf match between Judge Smiles and Al, but that doesn't reveal itself until about 45 minutes in, and it gets resolved 20 minutes later. Overall, it's a really funny movie. I did enjoy it. I could see why it's always on the list of top sports movies, although I will admit I probably prefer Major League more than anything. It's such a quotable movie, and now I finally have some context for all the times that those clips were played on the Opie and Anthony show. Okay, pookie. Ultimately, the movie comes down to a gopher, washing balls, ah, oh ho, oh, ha, ha! should've yelled too, firepower, dog food, jaws theme, drop anchor, cannonball, and noonan. I give it three and a half out of five stars. Add a star if you were a young adult in the 80s. If you've seen Caddyshack and have opinions on the movie, let me know what you think using the hashtag MattWatchThat. Doom. Moving right along. Each episode, I'm going to post clips that I think people should watch. It could be movie trailers, music videos, interviews, or something completely random. Search for my YouTube page and there'll be a playlist called Matt Watch That Playback. Back in the 80s, HBO produced a two-part documentary series entitled The Not-So-Great Moments in Sports and Son of the Not-So-Great Moments in Sports. Both were hosted by Tim McCarver, former baseball player and announcer. They featured the tragedies rather than the triumphs throughout sports history and included interviews by some of the participants and context of their stories. What I liked about these programs is that they didn't focus on the cruelty of sports bloopers. I'm not a fan of seeing people hurt, a gymnast slipping off the uneven bars and landing on our face, a NASCAR driver crashing into a wall, a skater board sliding down a pole and crotching themselves. Okay, that's slightly funny. But I had a coworker who would watch videos of athletes breaking their arms or legs, and she would laugh hysterically, looking at me like, isn't this funny? I'm like, no, you psychopath. I watched Sid Vicious break his leg at the WCW Sin pay-per-view in 2001, and I'm still scarred from it. One of the nastiest things I've ever seen. The special features clips from all sports, baseball, football, running, bass fishing, professionals, collegiates, and amateurs, including Gaylord Perry and the secrets behind his spitball, to the Don Meade-Herb Fisher rivalry at the 1933 Kentucky Derby, to Rosie Ruiz conning us all in the Boston Marathon. Now, you don't have to be a sports fan to enjoy these stories. It shows how far people will try to go to succeed and fail miserably. So even though it's technically an hour special, there are a bunch of clips in it, so I think it still uh, falls under the umbrella of what i consider a playback. So that's the not-so-great moments in sports on the Matt Watch That playback playlist on YouTube. Now it's time for the recommendation. Yes, that's the word recommendation with Matt in the middle. I'm going to end each podcast with my own recommendation of a movie or TV series. Today I'm talking about Murderball. It's a documentary released in 2005 about athletes with quadriplegia who compete in wheelchair rugby. The underlying story is focused on the rivalry between the United States and Canadian teams leading to the 2004 Paralympic Games. The stars of the movie are Mark Zupan, spiritual leader of Team USA, and George Soros, a former Team USA member who becomes the coach of Team Canada. But each person featured has an interesting backstory about how they became impaired, whether it's car wreck, gunshot, or polio, and what it took to overcome the odds and move forward in their lives. It's truly inspiring. Mark Zupan says in the doc, I've done more in the chair than I've done able-bodied. I think that's one of the best lessons that people can take away from the movie. The sport is not for the faint of heart. While it's illegal to physically engage with an opponent, wheelchairs can be smashed into each other like cars at a demolition derby. It's not always an easy watch, especially when the wheelchairs overturn and the player takes a tumble, but these are tough men who get back up and are right in the mix of things. As you watch, you get completely engaged and you forget about whatever preconceived notions that you have of people in wheelchairs, and it becomes a standard sporting event where you're cheering your team and booing the opponents. The film was directed by Dana Adam Shapiro and Henry Alex Rubin. The latter went on to direct Disconnect from 2012. Murder Ball* was nominated for Best Documentary Feature at the 78th Academy Awards. It's currently streaming on Amazon Prime, Peacock, Tubi, and Pluto TV. Or you can purchase it at Amazon, Best Buy, The Wiz, wherever you get movies. That's all for this edition of Matt Watch That. Thanks for listening to me, babble. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page, where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've reviewed or suggestions as to what I should see next, use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. I do plan on having an interactive element, but I need those listeners. So follow, subscribe, like, and spread the word. Until next time, thank you very little. The movie starts out with a cute little Grover. Cute little Grover. Yeah. Oh, this is Grover here on the golf course. And now I'm over there. How about you wipe the Napo cheat? <laughs> it's very refined nacho cheese. Should have played Yell. Should have yelled too. Oh my god. And there and there were others. He did he did a song in uh, maybe I should have looked it up. <laughs> maybe I should have looked up this information before I went down this wormhole.